Praise the Lord. Good. Well, good morning, everybody. During worship, I, I believe that the Lord just quickened something to me, so I want to uh, bring this to you. <clears throat> it is <clears throat> extremely important what we set our heart and our mind on. A uh, couple of scriptures that, that, that came to me. Uh, one is in the book of uh, Psalms where it says that I have set before the Lord before me. I have set him before me. And uh, the actual uh, scripture is Psalm 16, verse 8. So let's bring that up and let's take a look at that. The psalmist said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. One of the benefits of setting the Lord before you is the fact that he will help you not to be moved. He will help you to remain stable in unstable times in which we live. So say it with me. I will set the Lord always before me. And then I will, I will quote this verse to you. You're familiar with it. It says, set your affection. Set your mind. Set your heart. Set your entire being upon him. Set your affection on things above. It's so easy to set our mind and set our heart on things that are beneath. The answer is... For our life and in our life do not come from what's going on around us. We could say from beneath. Certainly our answers are not coming from hell. And certainly our answers don't come from humanity and from what we can see with these physical eyes. So he says, set your affection. I have always set my heart toward you. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Remind you, for you are dead and your life, it is hid with Christ in God. Say it with me. My life life is hid hid with Christ Christ in in God. Then I got to thinking about that scripture in Romans 8 verse 28. Where it says, all things work together for the good. Now notice, to those that what? To those that love him. To those that set their lives, set their affection, and set their hearts upon him. How many of you want, when things come against you, how many of you want them to work out for the good? Though the enemy come against you one way, he's got to flee before you seven ways. Why now? Not because you're living a half-committed life. No, but because you're all in. You're all in. You're all in. All things don't work together for those who do not love him. Even though they're Christians. But oh, thank God, all things work together for the good to those that love him. So we don't want to be negative about it, but we want to make sure that we understand and we know what it means to love him. Part of loving him 
is sending our hearts and our minds and our affections in all that we are upon him. It's seeking first the kingdom of God. His way of being and doing right. Amen. And as a result, all these things shall be added unto you. And then, I was reading this the other day, or during my devotions time. I want you to turn over to Psalm 91. Now, you won't charge me for this, will you? This isn't preaching time. This is exhorting time. But I just want to encourage you with this. Psalms 91, verse uh, 14 through verse 16. Great, great psalm. uh, Something that should be uh, declared regularly on a regular basis. Now notice this. Because, for this reason. Because he, because I, because you have set your what? Set your love upon him. All things work together for the good to those that love him. Come on. And so we see then a connection between loving him and setting our minds and our hearts and our affections on him. And he says this. Oh, hallelujah. You ready to shout? Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will Set him on high because he's known my name. Look at verse 15. Oh, hallelujah. When those that set their love upon him, set their affections upon him, call upon him, guess what he's going to do? Oh, hallelujah. He's going to answer. Not only that, but he says, I'll be with him right in the midst of trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. Glory to God. When God honors you, that's the only honor you'll ever need. But he didn't stop there. Notice with me in verse 16. Let's read it together. With long life. Come on. Will I satisfy him? And I'm going to show him my salvation. I'm going to show my deliverance. I'm going to show my preservation. I'm going to show my wholeness. I'm going to show my healing. I'm going to show my peace and prosperity. Woo! Glory. This is not for half-committed Christians. Those that have one foot in the world and occasionally one foot in church. But this is for us. Boy, I didn't get much of a response there. (laughs) This is for us. This is for me. This is for you. We are those that love him with all of our hearts. Just raise your hand right now. Just say, Lord, I set my mind on you. I set my affections on you. Now, let's just worship him just for a few moments without music. Lord, we love you. Oh, we magnify your name, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you in this place today. We thank you, Father, that we have come into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. We magnify your name, and we love you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, it's offering time. Praise God. It's offering time. And we are going to bring our tithes and we're going to bring our offerings unto the Lord today. So let me give you a quick update of Heart for the House.
Uh, we set a goal for 35,000 this month. So far, nine has come in. We're believing God for the full 35. Say it with me. The full 35, full 35. is coming in. Coming in. in Jesus' name. Well, I just come wait on the people if you would. And those you need an offering envelope, just raise your hands and they'll wait on you. And those of you that uh, are here this morning um, and uh, you're wondering what the tithe means, we're going to take about, oh, probably about 10 Sundays uh, during the offering time. And we're going to teach um, why we as a church believe in the tithe, why we believe in tithing. And we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to accumulate that teaching and put it in a, in a DVD or a CD so that people can, can feed on that. I've discovered this. When you, when you overly talk about tithing for 10 weeks for 40 minutes at a time, sometimes it gets to be too much. So we're going to teach on it in little pieces, little pieces, so we don't all choke on it. Hallelujah. Amen. God's good to us. Later in the month of April, we're going to be doing four consecutive Saturday mornings. Um, I believe the first Saturday will be the 16th of uh, the 16th of April, and we're going to be doing some teaching, then we're going to break into some small groups, and I'll have some facilitators help facilitate that. Really, really going to be good, men, so I want all of you to be out there. It's going to be awesome. I'll share with you exact vision on April 2nd during the breakfast time uh, at 9 a.m. Let's pray and get into the Word. Father, we're so thankful for your Word today. We thank you that we can have faith in the very power of God. Lord, as we approach Easter Sunday, and as we feed on this subject, faith in the power, we just stir ourselves up. We stir ourselves up because you are so very good to us. We ask, sir, that you would speak to us through the word and by your spirit today. We purpose in our heart that we'll not just hear your word, but we'll be doers thereof. I pray that the eyes of all of our understanding would be flooded with light. Lord, may there come windows of light to us today. And as a result, as we know exactly what you're saying, we will certainly see wonderful, wonderful doors of opportunities coming our way. And Lord, we thank you for streams of provision for each and every one in this place. I declare unto you in the name of Jesus abundance and blessing in your life in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. Well, let's start out this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you would, with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is uh, speaking to the, the church at Corinth. And he says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with ex excellency of speech. Or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. How many of you know that Paul was a very educated man, but he was not depending on his education? He said, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So, what Paul is saying, that's really all I have my mind on, is I have my mind on Him. The Apostle Paul wanted a greater knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said that my determined purpose in my life is that I may know him. That I may know him more intimately. That I may come to see the wonders of his person. Isn't that an awesome thing? 
Hallelujah. So he wanted a greater knowledge of the Lord. And in verse 3, he said, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. How many of you know in the flesh we're not enough? See, Corinth was invested with idol worship, and uh, there was just all sorts of things going on. Paul could not address them in his own strength. Therefore, he addressed them in the power of God. And in verse 4, it said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul was counting on him to show up and to demonstrate. Now notice verse 5, That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Apostle Paul did not want them to be all impressed with him and his degrees and how smart he was. How many of you know that's our desire here? We want people to be impressed with Jesus. We want our affections to be set on him. And so that we can all grow in faith in the power of God. Now it is very possible to have a form of godliness, but actually to deny the power thereof. One thing we don't want to be at heart of the bay, we don't want to be heady and all intellectual. But we want to be hungry to taste of the powers of the world to come. You see, the gospel, it was never intended to be in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Now, if we could look at Romans 1.16, we see something else Paul said about the gospel. He said over there in Romans, the first chapter, the 16th verse, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Now notice, no respecter of persons to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he's saying, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Well, the good news is the gospel. And so what Paul is telling us here is that the power of God is in the Word of God. Say that with me. The power of God is in the Word of God. And it brings salvation. Now, salvation is all-inclusive word. Deliverance, preservation, healing, and soundness. The truth of the matter is, God's Word is filled with power. Hebrews 4 says, the Word of God is alive. And filled with power and sharper than any two-edged sword. And God's word has upholding power. Upholding power. Now we're going to look at that word uphold in just a moment. But let's look at the scripture first. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 and in verse 3. It says to us, who being the brightness of his glory, speaking of Jesus, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by what? Upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, you don't need to bring the Amplified up, but that word, that last phrase in there, in the Amplified says, he's upholding, he's maintaining, he's propelling All things, the entire physical and spiritual universe, by his powerful word. And so that means that we're included in there. 
He will, in fact, uphold you. He's upholding me right now. He's upholding us today, right now. Every breath you breathe, every time you wake up in the morning, that's the goodness of God upholding you. Now, here's the definition of the word uphold. The definition means to confirm or support, to maintain, to sustain, to continue, to protect, and to defend. It means to support and defend as against opposition or criticism. Hmm. I wonder who the opposer is. I wonder who the criticizer is. Sounds to me like the accuser of the brethren that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But his word supports us, defends us, protects us, maintains us, and sustains us from any attack of the enemy. Hallelujah. So the enemy then is the accuser. If you were really healed, you wouldn't have that pain in your body, would you? If you were really a Christian, you would have not have been ugly to that person at Lucky. If you were really saved, if you were really born again, you'd be further along, wouldn't you? And so he opposes whatever is God and whatever is good in your life. But God's word, say with me, upholds, defends, preserves, protects, uh, supports me over all the questions, criticisms, and accusations of the enemy. Hallelujah. Now, I say this last last definition for this one illustration. The word uphold also means to defend or to maintain a principle or a law. Like a court would uphold something. That is already law? Or it means to state that a decision has already been made. Our part is to authoritatively state a decision based on the blood covenant that is already upheld by the head of the church. And so when the devil comes along with his lies... You just get real sassy and say, oh, yeah, is that right? Is that right, devil? I got news for you. I got some news for you. It is written, devil, by his stripes I'm healed. It is written that my God simply supplies all my need. Woo, glory to God. It is written, devil, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You see, forever, oh, Lord, his word is settled in heaven. It's a decision already upheld. Who by the greatest court in the universe? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, last week we talked about the power of God. This week, just for a moment, we've talked about the power that is in the Word of God. We also talked about that you and I when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, that we become endued with power from on high. He said that you shall receive power. Everyone say power. After that, not before, but after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now this morning, just for a few minutes, 
I want us to go through several scriptures. And I want to look at something a little closer to home about faith in the power of God. Let's look at another facet of this power. And I believe this, if you can get a hold of this and it becomes real in your life, wow, your life can be dramatically changed. Now, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. You ready to look at some scriptures? Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, brethren, be strong, where? In the Lord Lord and in the power of his might. Amplified says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. So the question is this, is there power in you? Is there power in you? Now let's look and track this very carefully. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Is there power in us? Ephesians, the third chapter, the 20th verse says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, in Christianity, most people put a period there. Don't put a period there. It is true that God is able. And it is true that he's able to do above all that we dare ask or think. But the question is, how does he do it? What's the connection between him doing those exceeding great and mighty things in our lives and through our lives? What is that connection? The rest of the verse says it. That it is in direct proportion or according to the power that is what? How many of you know you can have power in you, but it not working in you? So if his power is working in us, then his power must be in us. How could his power work in you if there was no power in you? Hallelujah. If power is going to work in you, then power must be in you. Now, don't let this be too simple to you today. Oh, the power of God. Not your power. Not your strength. But everyone say, His power is in me. And it is working through me and for me. Hallelujah. How many of you know that He doesn't go anywhere without His power? Wherever he is, his power is there. And he is in you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm believing for our faith to come up in this church. I'm believing for our faith just to soar in this fellowship. You know, faith comes not by having heard, but faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. I believe that if he can get our faith to come up, every one of us, corporately the spirit of faith in his power can get so strong in this place that we will see some demonstrations we haven't seen yet 
we will see some manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power that our hearts have been longing for, that our hearts have been praying for, the effectual working of his power in us, coming upon all of us, and us rising up and believing for great and mighty things. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, raise your hands and thank him for it. Hallelujah. Now, the problem is this, is Christianity as a whole has placed all of the responsibility on him. You know, well, if God wants to do this and if God wants to do that, he will just do it. Listen to this statement. The more power working in us, the more beyond what we can ask or think is what we will experience. The less power working in us, the less beyond all that we can ask or think. Exceeding. Exceeding. Way up and beyond the natural. So is there a connection between him being able to do stuff and his power working in you? He is looking for people that will turn the switch of faith on. He is looking for people that will activate his power that is ever so present everywhere. He is looking for people that will recognize that the power is not around them and not only upon them, and his power is not only everywhere present, but his power is in them. Oh, hallelujah. A revelation of his power in you and activation of that through your faith will keep you strong. It'll keep you healthy. It will give you wisdom beyond your years and it will give you insight into the deep, intimate mysteries of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. His power is working in me. And so release my power, says the Lord. Yea, believe in your heart and say with your mouth what my word does proclaim. And frame your world through the words of your mouth. For my words contain power. No word from me is void of power. So activate the power that's in you by feeding richly upon my word. And open your mouth, saith the Lord, and creative power shall flow out of you. Mountains will move. Bodies shall be healed. Life shall be restored. Finances shall come. For you shall certainly have what you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. And so it makes a big difference by simply parroting words. It makes a difference, says the Lord, as you meditate upon my word, as you think upon it, as you set your heart and mind upon it. Yea, for out of the abundance your mouth then will begin to speak, and certainly my power shall be released. Amen. Amen. Come on, saints. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory. It makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Now, there is such a thing as schooling yourself into faith. There is a process that we all must go through. But once you get to a point where you get into overflow, oh my. 
overflow will begin to work for you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's overflow time. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7. Let's keep tracking this through. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, for God, how many of you know God is light? Who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. God who is light, 100% light, in whom there is no darkness at all, from his heart said, let there be light. Hallelujah. That's the way that this universe was created. And God said what? He could not have said, let there be light unless there was light in him. This same God who has shined, who who caused the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined where? In In our hearts. When you think about light, you're really talking about power. You know, there's a, something they call solar power. How many of you know what solar power is? <clears throat> solar power is something that uh, you get from the sun. Amen? Yeah. And so the light of the sun yeah. becomes solar power to your home. Yeah. When you're talking about God is light, you're also talking about the all-powerful one. And he hath shined through the light in your heart. He brought you out of darkness into the kingdom of light. He brought me and you out of a powerless life, a dark life, into a powerful, enlightened life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. Say that. You got to say that with me. He brought me out of a powerless and a darkness-filled life into a powerful and into an enlightened life. Man, I could dance on that one right there. He shined. He shined in your heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now read verse 7 with me. Ready, read. But we have this treasure... In earthen vessels. <laughs> Woo, glory. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. One translation says, His all-surpassing power. He gave us this treasure in clay pots. But don't you ever... Be fooled by a book's cover. Something amazing is inside of you as a believer. Oh, it's a treasure. It's the light. It's the power. It's the faith. It's the wisdom. It is God himself. Who living in you. And if God be for you. You just tell me who can be against you. Hallelujah. And so, I encourage you to become his power, become good, good father, become God inside-minded. Not circumstances around you-minded. 
Now let's look at a few more witnesses today. Let's just let this word dwell in us. We got more time. Look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians, the second chapter. And uh, notice with me in verse 20. Galatians 2 and 20. He says, I am, again, Paul, I am crucified with Christ. Jesus paid the price. And in the mind of God, when he hung on the cross, we hung on the cross. But nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ drops by every holiday to visit. No, Christ liveth in me. <laughs> now, the word Christ literally means the anointed one. The anointed one. The anointed one lives in you. And the anointed one lives in me. Brother Copeland, years ago, when he was teaching on the anointed one, he would say it like this. The anointed one and his anointing, which is burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. I can sense it right now. Thank you, Lord. Christ, Raul, lives in you. Hallelujah. Christ, Louis, lives in you. Thank you, Lord. The anointed one and his anointing lives in me. When he came on the inside of you, he didn't leave a couple demons down there to teach you a lesson. When he moved in, they moved out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. Let's just say it this way. All that he is, is in you. Man, isn't that awesome? All that he is, is in you. And as he is, so are we when we all get to heaven. No. We'll sing and shout the victory. No. Don't wait to sing and shout the victory till you get to heaven. Start singing and shouting the victory now so it won't be such a shock to you when you get to heaven. Now, I think it's First John 4. It says, as he is... So are we in the nasty now and now. As he was anointed and his anointing flowed through him, so are you. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You got to get this. And not just get it as, oh, pastor, that was just a nice little sermonette. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for people to come up. The devil's a liar. And he's a robber. 
And he will try to steal revelation knowledge from you by putting the squeeze on you. But when he puts the squeeze on you, you get understanding of this. All that will flow out of you is his power and his anointing. Now look at Colossians chapter 1. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27. Colossians 1, verse 26, says this, Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. Absolutely, it's been hidden. But now is made manifest or made known to his saints. Well, yeah, I know to the, you know, St. Francis of Assisi and St. Augustine. No, you're a saint. You may not be acting like a saint. You might be acting like an ain't. But according to the word of God, you is a saint. So this mystery, which was hidden for a long time, is made manifest or made known to those that are born again. Verse 27. To whom God would make known what is, notice, the riches of the glory of of this mystery. When he's talking about riches in here, he's not necessarily talking about finances. He's talking about when this mystery is revealed and unveiled and made known to you, you are a rich person. Among the Gentiles, and here it is, let's read it together, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. (laughs) Christ in you, that is the hope of glory. All that is in him is in you. And here's a question. How How can a person be so amazed with him and so disgusted with themselves? How can that be? It's a matter of focus, and it's a matter of what they've set their heart and mind on. Quit focusing on your shortcomings. Quit focusing on the clay pot. Let's focus on him. Verse 28 says, Whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. And in verse 29 it says, Whereunto I also labor, and I strive according to his working, Paul said, which worketh in me mightily. The Amplified says it this way, This is superhuman energy, which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. I'm in him. He's in me. And that is the hope of glory. And that makes you something. You may be not something to people out there in the world, but we are not trying to get the world's approval. If the world rejects you, you mark it down. Jesus accepts you. 
If the world tells you you're no good, mark it down. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If the world tells you you'll never make it, mark it down. The word says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am your father, and I have got you. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. No more rejection. No more self-worth. Because we have had a rebirth. A rebirth. Oh, I can see you're just... Hey, isn't that Mark over there? Isn't that Sue over there? Oh, man, remember all the good times we used to have doing this and do that? No, thank God I'm a new creation. The, when the world tries to put old behavior and old history on you, you mark it down. His story is what you're about now. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. So get a little sassy. It's written. The high courts of heaven have already decided. You're questioning me? I question you, devil. What are you going to do when that pit is opened up? Amen. I better skip that one, hey, Lord? All right. This makes us something. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Romans 8, 11. You take a look at Romans chapter 8, especially the first 11 verses, you will see over and over and over again who's living in you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Ooh, come on, let's go ha-ha a few times. <laughs> Woo, our joy is coming up. You see, what you just sensed in the room, just in the last few moments, is power. It's coming up. Faith is rising. Hallelujah. And so in verse 11, great verse of scripture, Romans 8, it says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that worketh in you. Was he quickened? Yes, he was. Have we been quickened? Yes, we have. Do we need quickenings regularly? Yes, we do. And the last point is this. Here is a major key. A major key to his spirit manifesting in your life. To his power manifesting that he's able to do. Exceeding. Here is a big step. In his power working in you. Philemon verse 6. 
Hallelujah. Philemon, verse 6. I ask you, did you wear your shouting clothes today? Amen. Notice this verse. That the communication of thy faith, but the releasing of your faith, may it become effectual, powerful, may it become divinely energized as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Meditate on in Christ scriptures, in him scriptures, and open your mouth and acknowledge it. Testify to it. Confess it. Own it. This is what people need to know. People do not need to be wasting their time praying for heaven to come down. People do not need 20 to 30 hours of counseling. Here's what people need. They need to find out who is in them and who they are in him. Find out who's in you and what's in you. And start acknowledging it. Acknowledge with me right now. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've got the greater one living in me. His power is working in me all day long. It works in the home. It works in the car. It works on the job. His power is working in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, I've been in counseling. Don't. You know, don't make a doctrine out of what I just said. If you need help, you know, understand this. But at the end of the day, when you acknowledge him, you can get all the help, all the strength, all the wisdom you need. Because he's living in you. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise you, Lord. In response to the word of God, let's just praise him for a moment. Hallelujah. Glory de stela brahmanese ekelemo sopale. And I am an esopocoridiste. Pray with me for a few moments. And emoco sepe neste lavrade de mose a andebo coche. Thank you for these windows of light, Lord, that have opened up to us today. Oh, pan mandese paleyendo, helemo coramandiche. And I pray, Lord, for those that are in this auditorium right now. I I, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen with might each and every one by your spirit and the inner man. Lord, I pray that the power of God in their lives would be activated daily and activated regularly. Thank you, Father. So we stir up the gift that's on the inside of us. We stir up this treasure that we have in this clay pot. Oh, we stir it up by giving you praise, giving you thanksgiving, giving you the honor, and giving you the glory. And we set, Lord, our hearts and our minds at the top of this week. We set them upon you. Even as the psalmist said, I have always set the Lord 
before me. Oh, hallelujah. Help us, Lord, not to, to seek those things that we're told not to seek over in Matthew where it says don't seek what you're going to eat or don't seek what you're going to wear or don't seek where you're going to live. Help us, Lord, to keep everything in perspective. Lord, may we have a kingdom mentality. May we have a Christ in us mentality. Amen? Glory to God. Go ahead, Pastor Tom, and just play something as we dismiss here in just a moment.